Hebrews chapter number 12, verse number 1. Hopefully and prayerfully I can preach it tonight the way God has given it to me. So you pray that I'll have mind enough to follow the Holy Spirit of God because I don't need you to have my intellect. I need you to have God. My intellect and two dollars might buy you a cup of coffee. Hebrews chapter number 12 verse number 1 Wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness let us lay aside are you with me? Every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, notice this, that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary. Are you with me? And faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood. Striving against sin. Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son despise not the chastening of the Lord. Nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth he chasteneth. And scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Now listen. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Brother Chris, that's the blessing. Yes, Lord. Grant it, Father. Please, God. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 13 and verse number 8. The Bible said Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Are you with me? Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established. Are you with me? Say amen. With grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Now stay with me. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are burned without the camp. Now look at this next verse. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. The fate of Christ was ordained from the foundation of this world. 
Christ's fate was set and there was no change in it. Christ had to die for your sins and my sins. We look and see here, he had to die without the gate as they sacrificed outside the gate, brought the blood in. So Jesus was sacrificed really outside the gate. You think about it. The fate of Christ tonight is something that was God ordained and God directed for your sins and my sins. Not his sins. So we see that in Hebrews 12, uh, 13 and 12 there, wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Are you in me? Say amen. Let us go forth therefore unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. Listen. Are you with me? He purchased us with his own blood. We don't hear enough about the blood anymore in the churches. The world has got to the point to where your salvation and my salvation and the way we worship and the way we look at the word of God is a bloody religion, they say. And they want to take the blood out because if you take the blood out, you take the power out. The power of his blood to sanctify you and I. So if they can get rid of the blood, that's too gory, that's too terrible, that's too... You can't say that anymore. It upsets people. But he was sacrificed for my sins, not his sins. Are you with me? Say amen. Now I want you to mark your place there and I want you to turn backwards into the book of Isaiah. Turn with me there. Isaiah, if you will, chapter 53, verse number 10. And see what it says there. This is the Old Testament. It said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Are you with me? Say amen. That's the Old Testament. It's proclaiming. What's going to happen? I'm talking about tonight, in case you ain't with me, the fate of Christ was ordained. Listen, we can pray and change a lot of things. But we can't pray and change those things. You can't change the virgin birth. You may eliminate it out of the word of God, but then it's no longer the word of God. You may eliminate it out of your mind, but that doesn't stop it from being true. I remember Brother Tommy Hensley saying one time, an old boy jumped up and testified in the church. He said, praise God, I believe it, and that settles it. Brother Tommy jumped up and said, it's settled whether you believe it or not. God's word is forever settled. Isaiah was prophesying, if you look at it, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Are you with me? Say amen. Prophecy was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Are you with me? Now turn back in the book of Matthew tonight. Matthew chapter number 16. Matthew 
Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number 21. Are you there? Matthew 16 and 21, and the word of God said, From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Are you with me? He's proclaiming his own death to his disciples. Got to go there. You remember what he said in the Garden of Gethsemane? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Right? He's proclaiming to his disciples, we've got to go there. You know, they tried to get him many a time not to go into a city. They, they told him, said they tried to kill you the last time you was there. He said, we must. We must. He, we, he knew. He knew. But you and I tonight need to realize that the fate of Christ was given so you and I could be saved. His fate was sealed. Now, I want to say this tonight, and I don't know any other way to put it. Your fate is also sealed. You're either saved with Christ or you're lost without Him. Your fate is sealed. And as a tree falls, so shall it lie. I want to say this to all my preacher brethren that hear me tonight. I don't care how good a preacher you are, you can't preach them out of hell. If they died and went to hell, I'm afraid they'll stay there forever and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm not the Pope. I can't get them out one leg at a time. No, I can't pray them out. Jesus' fate was settled from the day that this world began. He had to die. And he's proclaiming it here in the scripture to you and I. He said, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things. Now, I don't know about you. If I knew I was going to suffer, I wouldn't be too apt to go. <laughs> Ooh, I just had a thought, Terry. Believe it or not, I had a thought. Maybe that's the reason people don't come to church. They're afraid they'll have to suffer many things. You know, like my singing, my loud preaching, long-windedness. <laughs> hey, believe me, if you're lost, you'll suffer in the service. And I'm glad you do. Because if you can come in and be comfortable, that means the rest of us ain't doing our job. We ain't where we need to be. A sinner should not be comfortable in the house of God, but he should be welcomed in the house of God. <laughs> yeah, he had to suffer many things. Can I say this tonight and you understand it? He had to suffer it because of you, not of himself. Because we have sinned and come short of the glory of God, he had to take our sins upon himself. Past, present, and future. Now, I'll tell you something. If you just piled up my sins, that'd be a heavy load to bear. But pile up the whole world's sins. What kind of load is that? 
Amen. Hey, I can't hardly carry my own myself. Are you with me? Say amen. Well, this ain't a real shouting crowd tonight, is it? Listen, salvation ought to be a shouting message to them that are saved. Are you with me? Say amen. John chapter number 3. Nope, not verse 16. Verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Are you with me? Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness, and Jesus had to be lifted up on an old rugged cross where he suffered and gave up the ghost. You know, I don't like to use the word die, but he died. But he gave up the ghost. He had the choice, amen, to live or to die. And he chose to die by giving up the ghost for you. Are you seeing the fate of Christ? Are, are you seeing that when he's hanging on that tree, he was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. He wasn't thinking of himself. Listen, if it's left up to me and you and we was on that cross and we had options to come down or stay, you're going to come down. How do you know that? Well, both them boys that's being crucified with him cried out, If thou be, come down and save us. That's a human flesh wanting to save itself. But see, he being God wasn't concerned about himself. Listen, he knew he'd never die. What would you do if you knew you'd never die? His fate was, the Lord sent him, the Lord's going to come get him. He knew where he was going. He knew how he got there. And the Bible said if he laid down his life, then he could pick it up. You ain't got it yet. That'll make you shout if you get to thinking that. He laid down his life. Hold on. You ain't heard it yet. You ain't got it yet. He laid down his life. Why? Because he had the power to lay it down. Brother Terry, I can stand here all night and say, I'm dying. One more breath. I'm dying. I'm gone. But I ain't got that kind of power. I do not have the power to lay down my own life. But he had the power to stop his breathing, his heart, and he died. Therefore, he had the power to raise it up again. And he did that to prove to you and I, he can raise you up from the dead. That's the kind of power he's got. And I've often thought about this. No matter how long they've been in the grave, he can raise them up. I don't know if y'all like archaeologists or nothing, but I like watching people dig up dead people. I know it's morbid. But I like it when they dig it up and say, Oh, this has been dead 5,000, 6,000 years. 10,000. Oh, you know, some of them have gone back. Oh, this guy lived 60,000 years ago. And my thought was, if the rapture happened just as the moment they got that grave open, and that body jumped up and squalled, Hallelujah! And left her. What would them old boys do? Dead in the hammer. 
dead in a hammer, fall over. I ain't never watched one of them yet that that wasn't my thought. And they're taking their little brush and they're easing the dirt back. And all of a sudden that thing bust is open and God shouts out, come up, come up, come up. <laughs> and out of here he goes. Yeah. At the death of Jesus Christ, the soldiers fell over his dead man. So what's it going to be when the graves burst open? I, we've said this a lot, especially at sunrise services, when you're out next to the graveyard, you know. What if it happened on sunrise service? Wonder how many we'd have to bury at lunchtime. <laughs> I want to tell you something. If it happens, you can bury yourself. I ain't going to be here. <laughs> Just take care of yourself. Amen. But he knew his fate when he came. You and I don't know that. But we can have hope of our eternal faith. Our eternal faith relies on what he did, not what you did. Our hope is not what you know and what we think, but what he has done. That's where our hope lies. My hope is in Jesus Christ and nothing less. His death, his burial, his resurrection, his virgin birth was all pointing to me that he is the man that God chose to redeem my soul. Are you with me? Say amen. (laughs) That'll make you shout. Verse 15 said that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. See, that's the fate that Christ left for you and I because of what he has done. Are you with me? Say amen. John chapter number 10 and verse number 17. And the word of God tells us here Therefore doeth my Father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. (laughs) He said, my Father loves me because I'm laying down my life. You remember what I said to you this morning? God wants you to live for him. Amen. Stay with me. You may not fully understand this statement. God's not really in the dying business. He's in the living business. Because he wants you to live eternally and not die eternally. Amen. You're going to live or you're going to die eternally. One of the two, that's the only options that we have. He came to make sure that you knew the options. His fate was sealed from the day this world was spoken to existence and he knew he had to come and die. Now stay with me just a little bit. When he was a boy of 12 and he was in the temple teaching, do you ever think it, maybe he thought, one of these days I'm going to have to die for this same crowd. These Sadducees and Pharisees This crowd is going to kill me. 
And I'm here trying to give them something that will give them eternal life. Yet all they want to do is kill me. Now think about it. He knew his faith. He knew that they were not for him. But yet he loved them and told them of the hope eternal. Now think about that. You and I wouldn't do that. I knew Terry Gardner hated me. You think I'm going to go up and pat him on the shoulder and kiss him on the cheek and say, boy, I love you. No, I'm going to go up and punch him right in the mouth. Yeah. I'm going to shoot him in the leg. <laughs> shoot him in the leg. I had eat my Cheerios. That's an old one. You have to be here a long time to know what Cheerios is. That's right along with a four-foot clover. And show roosters. There's one thing about this crowd. We love God. We have fun. We enjoy God's goodness. We know our fate. Amen. I know where I'm going. You can't change my mind. I, listen, I've had people cuss me up one side down the other. You think you're a preacher and they're cussing and carrying on. I say, I don't care what you say. I know what I am. I am what I am by the grace of God and that's all I am. I may be dirt to the rest of the crowd but I'm a son to him. Why? Because he knew his fate and he told me my fate. Without him in hell I'd lift my eye. And until we realize hell is a terrible place and people are, listen, you don't have to do one thing to go to hell but be born in this world. That's all. Because if you never choose Jesus Christ for your personal Savior, your fate is sealed. I've had a lot of people lay before the churches, funeral homes, that were good people, good men, good women, but they never knew Jesus. They had good moral standards. They were a good dad, a father, grandfather, but they died and went to hell because they never chose Jesus. That's a choice that you and I have to make. Jesus was born to die. That was his faith. He came to die. That was his faith. He wanted to die for you and I. That was his faith. He knew when he came here what would happen. And he's telling the boys there, we got to go to Jerusalem. I've got to suffer. I'm going to die for this crowd that hates me. That was his faith. And he knew that. But it'd behoove you and I today to realize without Jesus what our fate is. Are you with me? You know there's a crowd out there and God help them. They think they had a few crocodile tears in the altar and they ain't done nothing for God since then. Folks, they never got saved. No, they never got saved. Because my Bible teaches me if you get saved, you become a new creature. Old things passed away. So if they went up there and cried crocodile tears and left just like they came in, no, they never got saved. That's Brother Marvin leaving before it gets dark. Pray for his eyes. You and I have the greatest opportunity because of his fate. We couldn't save ourselves. 
You couldn't join enough churches to save yourself. You couldn't pay enough tithes to save yourself. You can't sing enough songs to save yourself. You can't do enough good to save yourself. Only by his faith can you be saved. They got big water, long preaching. That's what I wanted to hear somebody say, preach, preach, or preach. <laughs> One more and you'll kill me. <laughs> Leave a little for later, will you? <laughs> Let's turn in the book of Acts, if you will, in chapter number one. I tell you, I love my church, I love my people. We may be a bunch of misfits, but we finally got screwed on the right boat. Acts chapter number 1, verse number 3, the word of God said, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion, notice this, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now let me tie that in a little bit with a Sunday school lesson this morning. Forty days has a lot of meaning in the Word of God. Now think about this. This is Hensleyology 101. Take it or throw it out the window. He suffered 40 days, didn't eat nothing. And now he came back for 40 days, he's feasting. Amen. Down by the seashore, cooking them something to eat. Now think about it. God is a rewarder of them that love him. So we see that he fasted 40 days that he might prove to the world who he was and Satan tempted him 40 days. Now he's gone to the grave. Amen. Satan's dancing around think he had him. But on that third and glorious day hell had a light come to it that it had never had before. The Shekinah glory of God came in the form of Christ Jesus to retrieve the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And then we read here, to whom also he showed himself alive. Are you with me? Woo! After his passion by many infallible proofs. <laughs> Are you with me? Many infallible proofs. Now, I'm not a mathematician. I'm not no college graduate. I don't know all these big words and big terminologies. But I know that it's probably one in a billion chances or a trillion or a zillion, whatever number you want to use, that everything that's recorded in this book that has already come to pass. Now, think about that. <laughs> I remember hearing this on television and I had to chuckle they were having a debate about the theories of this world that we condescended from a monkey I remember that old redneck boy and uh, this professor was up and he was giving all this big spiel how we came from tadpoles to monkeys to what we are now and this old redneck stood up and he said listen your grandpa probably was a monkey, but mine ain't. 
He said, how do you know you did not come from a monkey? He said, well, I've got proof. And he asked the professor, said, what kind of proof do you have? Oh, we got bones. Well, some of them bones, they ain't figured out what is yet anyhow. They done a DNA and it's got all kinds, but it's not human and it's not monkey. Could be a species of something that's done gone. Who knows? That old redneck boy said, well, said, what kind of proof do you want? He knocked on the desk, said, give me written proof. He opened his Bible up. <laughs> and the word of God said, he spoke me into existence. Said, ain't that proof enough? Well, that professor got plumb red faced. No, give me more proof. He just kept flipping through books in the Bible. He said, how much proof do you need? He said, by the way, professor, it is one, and he told a number, and how many zeros was connected to that number. This old boy might have been a redneck, but he is sharp. He said, that's how much of a chance that your grandpa was a monkey. I mean, it was numbers I'd never heard of. It's past zillions. He told, I mean, there was thousands of zeros behind that number. I mean, my mind couldn't get it. And he said, that's how much of a chance that your grandpa was a monkey. And he said, I've got written proof that mine was not. Do you have any written proof? Conversation ended. The professor left the building. How much of a proof do you need that Jesus' faith was for your benefit? I want to I close the message tonight in this way. He didn't come back 40 days for himself. He didn't have to come back and, and fix fish on the shore. He didn't have to do that to prove to me he was God. But he done that for the boys that slept with him, ate with him, saw the miracles, seen the, the dead raised, the blind get its sight. They saw all of this. So he came back to that crowd to let them know he really was. But you and I just have to take it by faith. Are you with me tonight? <laughs> Listen, if you want proof, look at me. I'm serious, look at me. I can show you doctor's records where they wrote down, he won't live. Dr. McBee was the first one that said that when I was 14 year old. Blood squirting across the room. My daddy's standing there. I'm talking about blood, not just a dribble. It was Andrew's geyser. My daddy said, what are you doing, Doc? Doc McBee said, I'm saying if he's going to bleed to death, ain't nothing I can do for him. That's what the doctor told me. And said, just wrap him up and take him to Asheville. We done laid there and I done repainted that whole room with my blood. Honestly. They wrapped that thing that thick. 
Back then they didn't have EMS. You went to Asheville in the hearse. It was a one-way trip either way. You was either going to make it or go on to the morgue. They took me to Asheville about an hour and a half later because there was a wreck on the mountain. My daddy done had me up, was going to the car when they drove up. I'd bled through that bandage, through an army shirt, through a pair of blue jeans, and the blood was puddling up in my boot. And they took me to Asheville, and I had three surgeries in five days. And they didn't give me much hope of making it then. But there's been many more times. If the doctor says he ain't going to make it, if all indications is he can't live through this, then how come I'm still alive? That's proof to me there is a God. When I was laying in Winston-Salem with my brains knocked out, guts jerked out, broke from head to toe, and they waited three days to operate on me, they said, he ain't going to make it. Ain't no use fooling with him. Just let him die. Out of three days, they come in and say, well, I guess we're going to have to do something. He ain't dying. Tell me they ain't a God. Tell me that my fate ain't already sealed. He knew me in my mother's womb. He knew what he wanted me to do when I was in my mother's womb. He knew what he had in store for me when I was in my mother's womb. He knew how hard-headed I was when I was in my mother's womb. And he loved me anyhow. And he never gave up on me. Debbie Drew probably said it best. You'd make the best old Christian. Every time she saw me, that's what she'd tell me. You'd make the best old Christian. You know that's what God's fate for you is tonight. You would make the best old Christian. Remember this always. You were made in his image to start with. And you can be reborn in the image of Christ. That's what rebirth is all about. Yes, our physical bodies is the image of God. But what about our spiritual man? This flesh is not going to heaven, folks. It's going back to the dust. The inner man is what's going to heaven. Spiritual man is going to heaven. Are you with me? So how's your spiritual man tonight? What's your fate tonight? Let me see if I can close now. Will you turn with me right quickly in Romans? In the book of Romans, chapter number 5, I've got a couple of scriptures, and we'll close. Verse number 8. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, if you will, let's go back and read Hebrews just for a second. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 12. Wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Are you with me? Say amen. Now turn backwards in Matthew and I'll finish. 
Matthew chapter number 16. Are you there? Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 1. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came and tempting, notice this, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. Oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it. But the sign of the prophet Jonas... He left them and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and be, notice this, and beware of the leavening of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. Be careful of this religious crowd. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. They're thinking carnal, ain't they? Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves and the four thousand and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to your concerning bread that ye should beware of the leavening of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? And they understood. They how that he bade them not to be aware of leaven of bread but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And I wanted to read that in closing tonight to get us to understand something. We're in a generation right now that's trying its best to take God out of everything. How do you say that, preacher? Well, listen to me carefully, and I'm closing. If they can get you indoctrinated in your mind that you don't even know what you are, male or female, are you with me? If they can get you and your children hogwashed with that, the next step, and by the way, I've done saw this on news headlines since what has already transpired with male and male and female and female being married. There is a bill right now before the house that they can marry children. I told you it was coming. The next step, if they get that passed, they'll want to marry their dog. And our tax dollars We'll have to pay that dog retirement and benefits. You wait and see. You think this pedophile world is satisfied? No, friend, it's not. Jesus said, you better beware some things. My faith was that I came in a virgin birth and they did not believe. I did all of these miracles 
and they still did not believe. I never wanted popularity. I never asked for prestige. I never asked for a mansion. I never asked for anything. And they still did not believe. So if they can get us indoctrinated to take out the blood, take out the bloody songs, take out the Holy Ghost movement, I want to say this with love tonight. These things that they're calling Holy Ghost movement right now ain't nothing but a light show. If you have to work it up, it ain't of God. It ought to be prayed down. Just like what happened here this morning. That wasn't worked up. That was prayed down. His fate was for your benefit. My benefit. His life, this book, was written that we would have instructions. Why do you think they want to change the book? Oh, I want to understand it. Wait a minute. I ain't even got a high school education. I understand it. My grandfather never went to school a day in his life. My daddy barely went to school, couldn't read and write. He understood it. Oh, we want to make it easier for folks to understand. No, 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 friend, you don't. You want to change it to fit what's going on in this world right now. Because when you take out the virgin birth, you take out the blood, you take out the deity of Christ, you have rent the book. It's no longer a holy Bible. It's a trash bin. His fate was given that you and I would have the word of God and know better. The days ahead are going to be harder than the days behind us. Are you ready? It's going to come down to a war. Paul said this. He said, I wrestle not with flesh and blood, principalities and powers of the air. You think we ain't in a spiritual warfare right now? You think Putin worships your God? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Putin is his own God. And most of our elected officials are their own God. They think they are God. And they think that their word is the gospel. I got news for them. Christ did not come and die in vain. No, he didn't, friend. He came and died for you and I. Let us stand. Somebody come and play softly tonight. I want to give us opportunity tonight to just gather around the altar and pray. I want you to make sure where you stand with God, first of all. And second of all, if you're in right standing with God tonight, I want you to pray for somebody you know that's lost. Backslidden, cold, indifferent on God. Would you step out by faith tonight and come? His fate was sealed from the day this world was spoken to existence. You and I have an opportunity tonight to help somebody get out of being lost on their way to hell because we'll petition heaven right now on their behalf. We'll call upon the name of Jesus that they'll realize they don't have to go to hell. They'll realize 
God's Son died for them. Precious Father, how blessed we are tonight. We're blessed, Father, because we have the truth of God's Word. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost that loves us tonight. God, that He's given us opportunity. For Lord, we were born in sin, destined for hell. But we don't have to go there. No, Lord, we don't have to go there because Jesus came, bled, and died, and arose again for my sins, my transgressions. God, I can be made white as snow tonight through and by the blood of Jesus. And I cry out tonight with names on my heart, Lord, that need Jesus before it's ever too late. Father, we got report of one whose heart stopped just a little while ago. Be there and touch that soul, touch that life. God, show your power. Show your love. Show your mercy, show your grace by touching that one. We call out in her behalf tonight, Father. But Lord, also for those that's in danger of hell tonight, that's a guilty distance from God. Lord, we pray for them right now. Many names, Lord, flooding my mind, written on this wall. Lord, in this book that I carry, God, in these pictures, Lord, Names that's been mentioned to me, Lord, that needs Jesus. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Help me, God, somehow, some way to get Jesus to them. Father, that they'll see their fate is not sealed because the blood of Jesus Christ will make them free. Save their soul from a devil's hell. So help us, Lord. Help us tonight receive that with gladness. Bless and praise you for it, for we ask it in Jesus' precious name for his glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.